asked me why. It's a record, so you put it on. That's a quote from the song, 45. When I was a boy, I liked television adventure programs like Highway Patrol, Whirly Birds, and especially the medieval exploits of William Tell and Robin Hood. The latter's program was announced by a string anthem of hunting horns and a vocalist singing the refrain. Robin Hood, Robin Hood, riding through the glen. Robin Hood, Robin Hood, with his band of men, feared by the bad, loved by the good. Robin Hood, Robin Hood, Robin Hood. I met him once, not Robin Hood, of course, but the man who sang that song. His name was Dick James. I was eight years old, and he was chucking my cheek, and I didn't much care for it. My dad had taken me with him to an address on Denmark Street, London's Tin Pan Alley. Don't know what business he had in a publisher's office, but my father did write a few songs. Perhaps he was trying to get one of his own compositions placed. Now this man was pinching my face and making a theatrical show of it. My guess is that he was deflecting the parents, reflecting the child every week. My dad would bring home a stack of sheet music to learn, some of it printed with pictures of the artist on the front, the rest of it beautifully transcribed with an italic pen. Along with the song sheets came advanced vinyl copies of the new singles, most of them overprinted with a big A on the label, so that you didn't play the wrong side of the record. Most urgent of all were the acetate discs, that didn't even come from the record company, but were dubbed and dispatched directly by music publishers looking to generate performance royalties on those songs. These discs played just enough times to learn the tunes before they would wear out, like when a secret agent in a spy movie is instructed to swallow orders after reading them. One of the curiosities of the British music scene in the early 60s was the needle time agreement that had been struck between the BBC and the Performing Rights Societies and the Musicians Union. Only five hours of recorded music could be played per day. Everything else had to be performed live by a BBC ensemble or a band hired to play on the radio. It generated work for the musicians, but also fed all the songs of the day through a strange filter of orchestras on the BBC Light program. The musical frequency that ran adjacent to the home service. You could turn on the wireless in 1961 and believe that it was still 1935. You might hear the strings of Samprini playing light classics or the polite dance music of Victor Sylvester and his ballroom orchestra, or even a broadcast of someone playing happy tunes on a cinema organ for an entire hour. It seemed the BBC would do anything to fill up the broadcast schedule. It was on the air only from early morning with the shipping forecast to just before midnight when it closed with some improving thoughts from a vicar. I wait all week for Saturday Club 
a two-hour show. It featured live appearances by pop groups in between the records, beat groups, as they were now being called, would turn up on a variety show and have jokes made about their hair by comedians who might have been only five years older than them. 